Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit. With subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hi, hi everyone. Uh, happy Good Friday to you. Uh, this is a special edition of Fire Talk Radio. And I'm going to be covering a lot of scriptures, so get your pen and paper out. You know, um, in John 3.16-3.17, it reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know, I was thinking about how how God loves us so much and in the the Garden of Eden how how Adam and Eve they're also you know, when they when sin first entered the world and they they gave up the rights that they had and and the right went over to the devil so that in actuality um you know sin entered the world and Jesus you know God he he sent them out and he he made sure that that an angel with a flame would prevent them from coming back in and the reason he did that wasn't because he was being cruel but it was actually out of mercy because if they had come back in and they had stayed there and they suppose they ate of the of of the other tree that and they ended up living forever then that wouldn't be that they would we they would be forever in a damned state so jesus you know god sent jesus in fact god became he was the word made flesh and he dwelt among us and so God sent his only begotten son and God God in the flesh that that we would not be ever damned and be ever in that state and in Romans 5 it in starting with verse 6 it's it reads for when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man. <coughs> I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> Let me start that actually over for when I edit it. Romans 5, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were yet we're still sinners. Christ died for us. Much more than 
Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received a reconciliation. So even while we were in our sins, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And he, he died for us. He paid, the, he paid the price for us so that we would not be lost. No greater love has a man does a man have that he lay down his life for his friends and you and I are his friends and even if they're not not saved he still died for you if you were the only one in the world he still would have died for you if I was the only one in the world Jesus still would have died for me. That's how much he loves us. In Luke 22, beginning with 39, it reads, coming out, he went, and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane here. He's going to pray the prayer of consecration, which basically means we, we, we pray the God's will, not my will. Let God's be done. Luke twenty two thirty nine. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, If it is your will, cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. (coughs) Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? You see, Jesus knows what it's like to be betrayed. Judas lived with Jesus and the other disciples 
They walked together. They ate together. They drank together. You know, and and he was his disciple. He was one of Jesus' closest twelve of twelve men. He saw the miracles that Jesus did. Judas betrayed him. We're going to go to commercial break real quickly here and, and, and share an important message. This is David Ingalls. Has anyone told you today that God loves you, that he has a plan for your life? I have a very important question I want to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? The Holy Bible reads, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible also reads, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm a whosoever, and you are too. I want to pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, bless those listening to my voice. Bless their family with long, healthy lives. Make yourself real to them. If they aren't born again, I pray that they receive Jesus as Lord right now. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Listening ones, if you would like to receive the gift that God has for you, say this prayer after me from your heart. Say it from your lips out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead. I believe that you're coming back again for me. Oh God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost. Give me a hunger for the things of God. Give me a holy boldness to tell others about Jesus Christ. According to the word of God in my prayer, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. My brother, my sister, I welcome you to the family of God. Be sure to tell someone about your prayer and get into a Bible teaching church family right away. Always remember, run to God and not from God because He loves you and has a great plan for your life. Amen and amen. In Psalm 22, 1 through 21, it reads, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I'm not silent, but you are holy and throned in the praises of Israel. 
Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. And those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while I, while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth, from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls, meaning the Roman soldiers, have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. Jesus went through so much agony, not only physically, but emotionally, in every, every, every way. He went through it. He went through everything, every form imaginable. And in here where it talks about they have they have pierced my hands and my feet. You know, nowadays and in modern times we can look at things and say, Well, it was in the wrist. But actually I, I listened to a doctor um giving a report on the crucifixion and say that the part where the nail would have gone into even though we look at that as a wrist is actually in medical terms considered the hand. Psalm 22 is a graphic description of how Jesus felt hanging on the cross. And David prophesied the way that Jesus would die 
before crucifixion was ever invented. Much of Psalm 22 is prophetic of the humiliation and suffering that the Messiah, Jesus, would have to and actually did endure. Its author, King David, described many of the events surrounding Jesus' crucifixion in great detail about 1,000 years before they happened and about 700 years before crucifixion was even invented. King David prophesied it before crucifixion was even invented. And you know what? Jesus knows what it's like to be made fun of, what it's made what it's made to be mocked and bullied and and tortured. In John nineteen starting with verse one, it reads so then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they struck him with their hands. Pilate then went out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and officials saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! These same people who not even a week earlier had cut down palm branches and spread their clothings and palm branches before Jesus when he was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and hailing him and praising him. These very people, the majority of them a week later, were screaming, to have Jesus crucified. <clears throat> now jump down to verse 16. Then he, Pilate, delivered Jesus to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Now now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title, For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore the chief priests of the the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, 
But he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. Whose whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. Now, There stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clophus and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. So basically, Jesus was telling John, I want you to take care of my mother now that I'm going to be dead at any moment. Take care of my mom. Can you imagine what that must have been like for his mother and John who loved him so much, but especially his mother? She... she, gave birth to him, she raised him, and she's standing, watching him be crucified and go through such agony. I'm going to pick up in verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel of sour wine was sitting there, And they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Therefore, because it was a preparation day that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, For the Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side And immediately blood and water came out. And he who had seen has testified and his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, 
they shall look at look on him whom they pierced. <clears throat> I was I was I always wondered about different ways of how I always wondered about that physically and from a medical standpoint of all of that. And I was I was going through uh, YouTube one day and I, I found um, a clip about a medical examiner talking about the crucifixion and, and what what that would be like for him for Jesus physically what it would be like and I'm going to play that clip for you right now it's only six minutes six and a half minutes but it's very very powerful and it's very important to see um, from a, a nowadays from a medical perspective how the, the agony that Jesus suffered I'm going to play it right now it's the most important event in history what did it feel like? One weekend that split time into before and after. What did it look like? If you believe, it defines your whole existence. What really happened? But how much do you really know about the cross? Any illustrations I saw of the crucifixion were of a fairly placid uh, Jesus looking down in pity from the cross. This was not a this was not a pretty picture. Dr. Carl McCurdy has studied Jesus' crucifixion and has filled in many scientific details that the Bible leaves out. Jesus allowed himself to suffer, and uh, I couldn't imagine a worse way to die. Jesus said, this is your hour when darkness reigns. Luke 22, 52 and 53. Thursday night, April 6th, 30 A.D. Most historians agree this is the date of Jesus' arrest. Pilate had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Mark 15, 15. For prisoners sentenced to crucifixion, the first step was flogging. The Romans used a whip called a flagrum. It was specially designed to rip the skin off a prisoner's back. They had it down to an art. The iron would make bruises, but then these pieces of bone would begin to cut cut into the skin and the subcutaneous tissue and actually uh, would result in, uh, in lacerations all the way down to the muscle. The, uh, the pain would be uh, intense and unrelenting. The point of the scourging was to bring the victim as close to exhaustion and as close to death as possible before actually taking him to the cross. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. Then they struck him on the head again and again. Matthew 27, 29, and 30. Next, for Jesus, a special punishment. The thorns themselves were most likely several inches long and horribly painful. The face and the scalp have probably the best blood supply of any, uh, you know, any areas of skin on the body. You also have the, some of the most nerves, some of the greatest number of nerves. Um, and the skin would be on, on the scalp and the face. Uh, again, intense, sharp pain. They seized Simon of Cyrene, put the cross on him, and made him carry it. Luke 23, 26. 
It weighed between 80 and 110 pounds, and knowing that Jesus could not carry what the Romans called the patibulum gives clues about the beating he'd already suffered. One thing that we see in trauma is that a young person, a person who's in good condition, may be much closer to death than we think from the blood loss. So even though Jesus at this point was stumbling and, uh, and, and could remain upright, um, he was probably very near the edge of, uh, of total circulatory collapse. He went out to the place of the skull, and here they crucified him. John 1917. Crucifixion was a relatively bloodless process. The nails Romans used resembled railroad spikes. There was one pounded through both feet and one hammered through each wrist. The nail or spike through the palm would never hold the weight uh, of a body. But the spike inserted through here would, uh, would get right in the middle of those uh, wrist bones and would, uh, um, would enable the, uh, the body to be suspended by the strength of those, uh, those ligaments. The pain would be like hot liquid. It would be a hot shooting pain back up the arm. It would leave the hand in a claw shape and paralyzed. Death on a cross had little to do with nails. Instead, crucifixion normally meant death by suffocation. The only way you can adequately breathe would be to push up with the impaled feet, pull up with the arms in order to breathe, and then sag down again in exhaustion. And obviously, every time that happened, there was intense pain in the arms. The scourged back would rub against the, uh, uh, the rough wood of the cross. The uh, impaled feet would also have their own nerve pain and, and pain shooting up the legs. Uh, and it would be pure agony to simply take a breath. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Mark 15, 37. Crucifixion often took days, but Jesus died quickly. And as the loud cry suggests, he also died suddenly. A catastrophic terminal event is a pathologist's phrase to mean that something happened all of a sudden to cause death. And my feeling would be that, that his scourging was so intense, the blood loss that preceded the uh, crucifixion was so intense that that shortened the uh, length of time uh, of the crucifixion. And in this case, the final event was, uh, was I'm sure, either an abnormal heart rhythm or his heart simply stopped. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a new tomb, and they laid Jesus there. John 19, 41 and 42. On April 7, 30 AD, the world turned dark. Jesus is dead. Friday is over. But Sunday is coming. My goodness, it is uh, indescribable to even say how much love 
Love literally got tortured. You heard the words by the medical examiner. You know, Jesus, he he loves us so much that he is not willing that any should perish, but all should be saved. And he's so, so willing. He laid down his life for us. And if you don't know Jesus at this moment, if you've never received him into your heart, if you feel you need to rededicate your life or that you're not sure you would go to heaven, if, God forbid, you some, you know you would die this very second and you're not 100% sure or you're not red hot on fire for God, just repeat this prayer to say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for me and that you're coming back again. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. And I want to tell you right now, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I tell you this second, all of your sins are forgiven you. Always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you so much and has a great, great plan for your life. And all of heaven is rejoicing right now. I want to just pick up on John 19, 38. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in the strips of linen with the spices and the custom, as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day for the tomb was nearby. In John 20, verse 1, it reads, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark 
and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon, Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. So praise the living Lord. He is alive. He's alive. He's alive. And he was raised from the dead. He suffered all of that for us that we may be with him forever in paradise. One day, I've mentioned this on previous shows, I was singing, it's uh, called the song, You Are, and the words are, you are the love of my life. You are the hope that I cling to. You mean more than this whole world to me. I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold. I wouldn't trade you for riches untold. You are my everything. And one day Jesus started singing that back to me. You are the love of my life. You are the hope that I cling to. When I was clinging to the cross, I saw you and you were my hope. You gave me hope to to hold on. You gave me strength. You mean more than this whole world to me. I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold. I wouldn't trade you for riches or gold. For riches untold. You are my everything. And Jesus, when he was being tempted of the devil, the devil took him to the high the high place the high places and showed to him all the kingdoms of the world that he could have and all the riches if he would only bow down and worship the devil. And Jesus, get you behind me, Satan. Get away from me. He didn't give in to that temptation. It would not have been a temptation if he could not have given in to it. So in that song where it says, you mean the whole world to me, I wouldn't trade you for riches untold. Jesus had the opportunity, but we mean the world to him. 
We are his world. And the riches untold, we are his everything. And that really touched my heart when he started singing it back to me from his perspective. When Jesus was hanging on that cross, he looked through time and space, and he saw my face. He looked through time and space, and he saw your face. And it gave him strength. It gave him hope because he saw you right now, this very second, doing whatever it is you're doing. He saw you and he saw me and it gave him strength to endure to the end, the prize, the victory, the prize of knowing that he, that, that we if we receive him into our hearts, would be with him forever in paradise. And I am truly, truly grateful for that. You know, it says in the Bible how Jesus was, he wasn't even, he didn't even resemble a man. He didn't even look like a a man, like a human being. And he took on every single sin, past, present, and future. Every disease or sickness, illness, pain that ever was or ever will be, he took on himself. And as you heard from the medical examiner's viewpoint, from, from the medical perspective, you can see why he was so marred and didn't resemble a man the horrific torture that his body had to endure. And when he was on the cross, and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was when Jesus, I mean, God couldn't look on Jesus because he, he had every sin on his body in himself and on himself. And a holy God couldn't look upon him. And for the first time ever, Jesus was separated from his father. And I just want to, and, and also says in Isaiah that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And in Peter it says by his stripes we were healed. So present tense and past tense, we were healed. So right now I'm just going to pray for all those who need a healing in their body. And and Jesus sent his word and healed us from all our diseases and delivered us from all our destructions. So I just sent your word, Jesus, to these people that need healing in their body, whatever that might be, from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. We pray healing in the eyes, in the ears, the nose, the brain, the head, the mouth, chin, the neck. 
their shoulders, the arms. We pray healing in the lungs, in the heart, in the ribs, in the stomach, the digestive area, the esophagus, in the pelvic area, in female and male conditions, in the legs, in the arms, the fingers and toes, from the crown of the head to the soles of the feet. We release that healing anointing into the body right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that I believe that they are receiving healing for their body right now. And I, I, I thank you for the fire of God, the fire, fire of God right now from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. The healing anointing of Jesus, the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. And I thank you for that, Father. I thank you. I thank you for that. Jesus is a baptizer and fire and fire and the Holy Ghost and fire. And I thank you for that baptism of speaking in other uh, other tongues and in the prayer line directly to you. I thank you, Jesus, that you did not leave us comfortless, that you came to us in the form of the Holy Spirit and that you sent the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the day of Pentecost. I thank you for that. And I thank you that everybody listening has that opportunity, including myself. And for those of you listening, if you choose to, if you would like to have this prayer language, which is a direct hotline to heaven, that the devil, he can't understand that language. And you won't be able to understand that language unless it's a gift of tongues and the interpretation, which equals prophecy, which is a different show because that's the gifts of the Spirit. But if you if you want to receive this wonderful baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire with evidence of speaking in other tongues, just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Jesus, you are the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. I ask you right now to baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, amen. Now, what I want you to do is by faith, because faith without works is dead. So what I want you to do is I want you to just start speaking forth and and let the language come out. Don't speak in English. Don't speak in Spanish. Don't speak in any other earthly language that you know. Just open your mouth by faith and just let it come out. That's it, that's it. Keep speaking it out. You got it. Keep speaking it by faith. Louder, louder. That's it. Now you may just get a couple of syllables at first. 
or a couple of words here and there, you know, that come out. But you just keep, you just keep praying those, even even if it's just a couple of syllables. And the more you pray those syllables, the more that your language will expand, expand upon, and grow. And you just keep praying. And you know, in in Jude it says, "But, but beloved, build yourselves up by praying in the Holy Ghost." So it edifies us. Keep praying in tongues, <clears throat> and and know that that uh, that it's gonna it's gonna edify. And you're gonna you're gonna be praying the perfect will of God, the perfect will, His perfect will in your life, His perfect will in your family's life, His perfect will in your business, His perfect will in your job, His perfect will in your friends' lives. In your church life, every part of your life, his perfect will is going to be prayed when you pray in tongues. We might be thinking one way that we we want our, our way done in a certain way. But we might then, on the other hand, we're praying something totally opposite. But don't worry, because it's a perfect will of God. So it is perfect and it will be done perfectly. So on this Good Friday, just to let you know how much God loves you. And to let you know also that there's a um, a website you can go to. It's revival.com and that is spelled R-E-V-I-V-A-L.com. And that is the church that we go to. It's an awesome website. You can you can watch previous episodes, um, archives, and uh, you can also watch it live. So on Sunday at ten in the morning at ten a.m. Eastern Standard Time and seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you will be able to watch the show live. And you can call in also for prayer at one eight six six eight five seven four eight three seven or simply one eight six six eight five river that's r i b e r and you can call the the prayer operators live are live from seven to nine, Sunday through Friday, or also eleven to one. They'll be live. But if you call in, you're gonna get you, you you'll get a a recorded message. But it it will be a really on fire message. It's not gonna be like one of these one of these telemarketer things, it's going to be, trust me, it's, you're going to feel the anointing really strong when you call in, even if it is a recording. So call in there, and there's also another number you can call. It's 971 913 971 
It's a lot of nines, I know. (laughs) And also a new email that Fire Talk Radio has has developed has has made is Fire Talk Radio and then the number two at Yahoo.com. That is F I R E T A K R A D I O and then the number two at y a h o o dot c o m. So we would love to hear from you. Any prayer requests, praise reports, comments, questions. We just would love to have you. And if, and also we'd love to have you follow us on Fire Talk Radio. You can go right now to our website at firetalkradio2.tk that's like T as in Tom K as in King so you can go to firetalkradio the number 2 dot tk and then you can you'll see the the follow come up the follow button come up you can follow us on that And also, we're on iTunes right now. You can download any podcast for free. Uh, You'll see the iTunes uh, logo or icon on our our page, and you can go there directly. It'll take you directly to our, our iTunes page. And we're also on Jesus Radio Network. You just look, Google Jesus Radio Network. And we're on there every day where our show is being played daily, playing at different times. They don't have a set time right now because they're trying to do different um, times for the different time zones in the world because it's play, played all over the world. And praise God, it's been played in Belgium, in in different parts of America. It's been played in Canada. And... Uh, just all over uh, Philippines, India, and another place where being played is Stitcher. That's S T I T C H E R dot com. You can just go to Stitcher dot com, and we're also being played on Sound Sound. Cloud as well, S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D. So SoundCloud, you can hear us on SoundCloud as well. There's, so And plus Blog Talk Radio here. So five different places were being heard all over the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to God for that because his, his, he says, uh, this gospel shall be preached, it preached in all the world and then as a witness, and then the end shall come. So we're just grateful for that. And just to, just, just that we'd love to hear from you. Post a comment of what you thought of today's show or any of the shows. And just, we, 
we got about a minute and a half left of this particular show. So even though I, I, I reserved two hours just in case, I feel that the Holy Spirit has done what he, he wants to do in this time frame. And I just pray a quick prayer of blessing over you and that Jesus make himself real to you. And nothing you could have ever done ever is unforgivable except the sin of, of, of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Just the peace of God upon you right now and the love of God that God envelop you in his arms of love and that you feel his presence more than you ever have. And I thank you for Holy Spirit for sending your anointing and your presence manifesting your glory right there and right here, right now. In the name of Jesus, we give you all glory, honor, all power. And I thank you and I give you glory, honor, and power to you. In the name of Jesus, and I thank you, Father. I just thank you for manifesting your glory to them right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it. And until we meet again, my fellow listeners, bye.